1: So in the spirit of Memorial Day and talking about what I was just talking about with the values that we have shared as Americans for more than 200 years, values that are now threatened by a constant questioning and criticism of everything that we have previously held to be normal. We have now this effort out there from the LGBTQ agenda that men should be able to play women's sports because they feel like a woman. We have the feeling in the Biden administration that uh sure inflation's a problem, the debt's a problem, but don't worry we'll spend our way out of this situation. Logic, common sense taken a vacation, things that have previously been good, American dream, hard work, dedication, delayed gratification, investing, sacrificing now, denying yourself now so that you will benefit later. All those concepts, hmm, they're not very popular anymore. But just because concepts are criticized does not mean they are not true, and does not mean they are not enduring, and certainly does not mean that they are not inspirational. Case in point, over the weekend, yesterday in fact, uh, the Notre Dame men's lacrosse team, won the first national championship in school history. Now, Notre Dame's done a lot of great things in athletics, but they had never won the national championship in lacrosse. Their coach had been at Notre Dame 34 years. 34 years! When he came there 34 years ago, Notre Dame had never even earned a berth in the NCAA lacrosse tournament. Uh, Well, they have become a fixture reaching the quarterfinals nine times, reaching the final weekend, the final four, if you will, for lacrosse five times, and they won the championship yesterday over Duke 13-9. Now, Duke is one of the gold standard successful lacrosse programs. Duke, Cornell, Denver, that's the gold standard of lacrosse. Johns Hopkins, Maryland, also some of the best teams out there traditionally. But Notre Dame won the national championship yesterday. Now they did it with one of their star players, Pat Cavanaugh, playing on a badly torn groin muscle. He was not the same player that he is when he's healthy, but he was out there on the field playing through this injury, and his brother ended up scoring two goals in the win. So after the win... Pat Cavanaugh was interviewed on the field by ESPN, and he was asked this particular question. Pay special attention to his response. My first question is, how did you play with that leg? Um, yeah, honestly, I just—I've I, been waiting too long for this game. 60 minutes for the rest of my life. I got a lot of support from my family, my coaches, my medical staff. And Liam Entenman actually sent me a text message last night about Mike Day. He was a soldier who took about 20 bullet shots and a grenade and still got up and killed two of of his enemies. And Liam said, if this guy can do this, you could play through a little hamstring injury. So I said that, that was all the motivation I needed. Thank you, Liam, for sending me that text. It's Memorial Day. Couldn't be prouder to get this done on Memorial Day. Thank you to our troops. This is just unbelievable. It's so surreal. Pretty amazing story, right? So I looked up Mike Day and I looked up this story because how does somebody get up from being shot? What did he say? 20 times? So here's what I found out. Mike Day was a Navy SEAL who in 2010, excuse me, 2007, was leading a SEAL team in an assault in Iraq when he broached or breached the door of a room and was immediately shot by four Islamic terrorists with AK-47s. The first hail of gunfire knocked the rifle out of his hand. So he fell to the ground, pulled out his pistol, and started shooting. He shot one of the four terrorists and killed him. The second terrorist pulled a pin on a grenade and threw it Before the grenade exploded, Day, again, using his pistol, shot and killed that terrorist as well. The grenade detonated. It exploded, hitting Day with shrapnel, which knocked him out. When he woke up, he saw that the other two terrorists were milling around the room. So he began shooting at them. He hit them and killed them from less than 10 feet away. But as he did, they shot him again with their AK-47s. He said, after I realized that I was actually getting shot, my second thought was, please, God, get me home to my girls. Then I just went to work. It was muscle memory. I just did what I was trained to do. So he was rescued. He killed all four terrorists. 16 bullets wounded him in the abdomen, legs, groin and rear end. 11 had been stopped by his body armor. So he was like Pat Kavanaugh said shot more than 20 times. 27 in all. Mike Day said, I didn't know how bad I was hurting until they came in and I saw the looks on their faces. We all know that look. In other words, the look was, how's this guy still alive? Well, he was alive. And he recovered. And he was flown to Germany and then to Walter Reed Medical Center. And when he got to Walter Reed Medical Center on a helicopter, he got out of the helicopter and (laughs) walked into the hospital. Because he said, I was afraid if they picked me up, it would just hurt more. Man, the valor, the courage, the determination amazing this is a classic example of what the human spirit makes possible when you are doing something for a cause which is to say you are doing it for values that you hold dear in Mike Day's case it was his country his family his comrades in arms his unit these are all things allegiance to, loved ones, to a wife, to children, to friends, to a way of life that you are so certain provides a better path for the future, for, the, for yourself and for those you love, that you are willing to persevere through that kind of enemy attack. These are the values that the left disparages at every turn diminishes at every turn, demonizes at every turn, and would like to eradicate from our society. These are the things that have allowed us camaraderie, duty, honor, valor, courage. These are the things that have allowed us to become the kind of country we are. They, on the left, hate all these values. They would like to spend us into oblivion. They would like to tear down Every cultural moray, every institution, religion, faith, marriage at the top of that list. But stories like Pat Cavanaugh, it's a sports game, Bruce. Uh, A little bit more than that when you draw your inspiration from somebody who has embodied what it means to be an American. What the Bible says is the greatest demonstration of love One person can have for another person. Greater love hath no man than he would lay down his life for his brother. That's what Memorial Day is about. A whole host of men and women who have laid down their lives for a way of life that is not as clearly under attack as Mike Day was in that doorway in Fallujah, but make no mistake, is under attack enemy assault. The problem is the enemy is from within. So Mike Day retired from the Navy in 2010. He was awarded the Navy Cross, two bronze stars, the Purple Heart. He worked for seven years as a wounded warrior advocate. And unfortunately, he passed away in late March of this year. But thanks to Pat Cavanaugh for bringing Mike Day's story back to us yesterday. I have not taken a Coda bus in decades, and after this next story, I don't think I'll be looking to do it anytime soon. This is wild. Coda has fired uh, a 30-year-old bus driver named Jaleel Palmer. Why? Because uh, Mr. Palmer, the driver of the bus, got into an altercation with a 63-year-old passenger. Uh, now, this happened last month. I'm sure there are all kinds of uh, processes and procedures you have to go through at Coda in order to satisfy the human resources department and the like. But here's the scene: 30-year-old Jaleel Parker Palmer, rather Jaleel Palmer, uh, driving a Coda bus near the intersection of North Champion Avenue and East Long Street. 63-year-old man falls asleep on the bus. He can't be the first one to do that. Palmer gets to his last bus stop. His day's over, work day done, ready to go home, do whatever. And he announces that the bus is at its last stop. The man, rousted from his nap, planned or unplanned, gets up. And apparently he hadn't, or maybe had, settled into that REM cycle where he woke up grouchy. And when Mr. Palmer told him to get off the bus, he responded with <laughs> he responded with an expletive. So the two parted ways, no dust up, no physical confrontation. Uh, however, very soon, uh Mr. Palmer was driving the bus and the passenger approached him at a stop light or stop sign to ask directions. So I guess he wakes up disoriented. The security camera from inside the bus says the two then got into an argument. Well, they had a history, albeit somewhat recent history, but they had a history. Now, this is where things go south for Mr. Palmer, the bus driver's CODA career. The surveillance camera on the front windshield of the bus shows the 63-year-old passenger uh, walking away from the bus, but Mr. Palmer follows him. And according to this report from NBC4, throws a haymaker connecting with the 63-year-old passenger's jaw breaking the jaw of that man and knocking him face first to the curb. He then rolled around in the street while Palmer kicked him in the head and back. This guy is uh, 33 years younger than this guy. He's less than half his age. The 63-year-old passenger's only crime was that he fell asleep on the man's bus. Mr. Palmer then took out his phone and took pictures of the man on the ground. Two women who witnessed the incident from their parked car walked over to stop the attack, and another person stopped by in a car, picked Mr. Paul, uh, picked the uh, 63-year-old passenger up, and drove him to the hospital where he had his jaw wired shut. Wow. Coda suspended Palmer after the incident officially terminated him about 10 days ago. They say the incident is inexcusable, does not represent the hundreds of hard-working and courteous transit operators who provide a valuable service to our community every day. Mr. Palmer is uh, scheduled to be uh, in court for a hearing on June the 9th. I think he would have to be charged with assault. And if this account is accurate, as articulated on the NBC4 website, he would be found, that's a serious crime, you can't do that. Columbus, Ohio, man. Used to be such a great city. But when you allow violence to permeate communities, a culture of violence develops. And when a culture of violence develops, then inexplicable events like this occur. Hopefully we never become What is the most deplorable example of this? Chicago, Illinois. I've told you before, I used to love going to Chicago. Used to look forward to it every summer, July. Go to Chicago, Big Ten kickoff luncheon, going to stay downtown, walk around Michigan Avenue at night, go out for dinner, hit Harry Carey's, grab a ball game, whether it's at Comiskey Park, Wrigley Field. Obviously, we were there for work, got the work done, enjoy ourselves in the city. Never remember at all wasn't even in my radar hey something bad could happen it's like it's like 10 o'clock at night you're walking out dark streets of chicago go get dinner something bad could happen not even on my radar now it's on everybody's radar would you like to know the details over the weekend the city of chicago nine people fatally shot more than 50 injured by gunfire oh i'm sorry i messed that up that was last year that was under Lori Lightfoot's stewardship. Now we have a much better mayor, right? Brandon Johnson. Ah, look at this. 11 people killed over the weekend. 53 others wounded. So Brandon Johnson, he promised he would do better than Lori Lightfoot. He is. More people were murdered. More people were wounded. And I think Brandon Johnson ought to get some special credit for the fact that two of the kids wounded were two years old. When is The Democratic Party going to realize that it's kind, gentle, non-judgmental, compassionate response to crime is getting a lot of people that it purports to care about, a lot of people who continue to vote it into power, that it's getting a lot of those people shot or killed. I would certainly hope that eventually the people of Chicago and the people of Columbus, and the people of, name a major city. Baltimore, San Francisco, L.A., Portland, Seattle, Milwaukee, New York, Philadelphia. Name one. Name a city that you used to go to, if you're like me, five, ten years from retirement, and you used to visit these American cities and think, oh, great, I'm going on business. Got to work, but I'll get the chance to go out and experience some of the city life. Now, would you look forward to going to any of these cities, cities I went to, that I wouldn't set foot in now? Chicago, Seattle, L.A., New York, Baltimore, Boston, Philadelphia. No thanks. The only city I can think of where I wouldn't be nervous about going downtown, the only city is Indianapolis. That's the only, And that might be just because I don't know about Indianapolis. Maybe it's become the same kind of hellhole that Columbus has become downtown. My wife and kids had to go into downtown Columbus last week for some woke, stupid thing at Kappa, where, by the way, Kappa held their uh, annual awards for all the high school plays in the area. What high school play do you think got lauded the most in all of Central Ohio? The Sound of Music? Oklahoma? My Fair Lady? Something classic? Something good? No. You know what got all the awards? Kinky Boots from one of the Pickerington high schools, kinky boots. That's what we're extolling now. That's what we're lifting up. That's what we're worshiping. Man, stay in the word. Surround yourself with truth. You need it in this culture.